right. Well, welcome to week four of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, we have one week left, one week left, and I want to share with you uh, uh, just a little bit of the breakthrough, some things that people have texted me. You know, you have some, some of these cards on your chairs, and some of you, man, you've had tremendous breakthrough in your life during these um, 21 days of prayer and fasting. Just want to share a couple of things that people have experienced. Uh, someone texted me, someone said, um, just want to tell you how much God is using this fast to bring change in my life and to expose some things that needed to be addressed. Uh, someone else said, uh, my awareness of gratitude during the fast, my awareness of gratitude has grown immensely. Another person said, talking about breakthrough in their marriage, they said um, that they've been able to reconnect in their marriage, they've been able to have peace, to move forward, and they uh, were able to remember who they are to God and what he says about us, which is kind of what we sang there, that last song. Man, let's give it up for our worship team. That wasn't that good. I love, I love that last song. It was so powerful, the words, the lyrics. And uh, I want to say thank you for letting us know what God is saying to you. Uh, we often ask for prayer requests, and it's natural for us as human beings to always ask the Lord for things. But I think it's good to go through a season in life when we're saying, Lord, this is what you've done in, in my life, and here's how I want to praise your name. So if you have a minute, fill out the cards and let us know. Um, you know, they're confidential. Uh, we're not going to tell anybody, like, your name or anything like that. But let us know. And actually, it doesn't even have a spot to put your name. So um, let us know. I think that when we praise God, it builds the church. And so I love to, uh, love to hear some of the things that you've said. I want to challenge you to continue. we got one week left. This Wednesday, this Wednesday, at 6.30, we're going to have a night of prayer. You don't want to miss it. Uh, we don't do this every year. The last one we did was a very, very special um, gathering. It was, I think, three or four years ago, and what we do is re remove half of the chairs. And uh, actually, after the second service, we're going to do that. So if you want to hang out for a few minutes, help us kind of put up some chairs. But what we do is we have different prayer stations. And so if you feel like, man, I need to pray for my family, if you feel like you need to pray for your finances, if you need to pray for, I don't know, sickness, uh, whatever it is, I, I find that in my own life, there are times, and I don't always do it, but there are times when I, when I get on my knees that there is, there is like, a, like a little bit more power in my spiritual journey with the Lord. And, and what I sense is that when, when my body moves, sometimes my feelings and my emotions and everything comes and joins my heart. And so this Wednesday, 6.30, if you can um, get away with, uh, if you can somehow make it, I know some of you have to work all day, but if you can be here, I really believe that it'll be a very special gathering. It'll be just one hour. We're going to have a little bit of worship, and we're going to have a little bit of time just praying for one another, praying for our country. So night of prayer, Wednesday at 6.30 p.m., Okay, I want to I begin by asking you a question. Have you ever made a mistake while you were praying? I, I know that, you know, as a pastor, I've made plenty, of, and I'll share a few with you. But have you, ever, have you ever made a mistake while you were praying? I don't know, maybe you were in a, you know, like life group or a Bible study, and they're taking prayer requests, and you kind of 
you know, you're listening somewhat, but some, you know, you kind of lose track of everybody's prayer requests, and then somebody calls on you. And then you begin to pray for them, and you're going through half of your prayer, and you're like, mental block, I forgot their name. And you keep, you keep talking, you keep, you know, praying, and kind of just spitting out words, and you're like, trying to remember what their name is, and nothing, and you could you just pray and pray, and like, nothing comes to mind. Has that ever happened to you? Have you ever... Like, that's happened to me several times. I could be praying for someone, it's like, oh my goodness, what is their name? I forgot, I cannot believe them. I've known them for 20 years, and I cannot remember. Has that ever happened to you? Um, it's, I'll tell you a story of something that happened to me when I was a young pastor, inexperienced, just at, right out of seminary, we were serving in Georgia. I had this, this guy that came up to me and said, hey, would you mind, I have a family member, extend a family who's in the hospital, would you mind going to see them at the hospital? I said, sure enough, I'd love to do that. So the next day, you know, I'm on my way to the hospital, but somehow, I don't know how, but somehow I got the room numbers of where this person, like they didn't come to our church, they were extended family members, I had no idea who they were, and somehow when I got the room number for where the, the, in the hospital where they were at, I, I mixed up the numbers. And so I'm a young, inexperienced guy going to me. I've, I've no, no, not a whole lot of experience. You know, what do you do when you come in and you don't know the people? And so I come in into this room, knock on the door. They let me in. And I said, you know, my name is Alex. I'm one of the pastors in such and such a church. And I like to pray for you. And they're all looking at me like, who is this weirdo? Like, <laughs> sure, we held hands, we prayed. I said this long prayer in Jesus' name, amen. I leave the room and I realized that it was the wrong people. I was in the wrong room. Went, went through the whole thing and prayed and uh, it, was, um, it was a mistake that I made. Have you ever made a mistake while you were praying? Maybe you're like the young guy that comes to, up to his pastor and he's like, pastor, I don't mind praying in private and I'm cool with that, but like, public speaking like praying in front of a group of people like don't do that that's just not it's not for me and and the pastor's trying to encourage him and say well I'll tell you what um what I used to do because I've dealt with that you know he says I used to write out my prayers you know and so whenever somebody asked me to pray I just read my prayers and it just helped me get over that fear of public speaking and the guy the young guy thought oh man that's such a great idea I never thought of that so he said you know what what I'm gonna do now is I'm gonna write out my prayers like on, he always wore a hat and says I'm gonna write out my prayers and whenever somebody asks me to to pray I'll just take off my hat in reverence like everybody does and then I'll just read my prayers. Well, sure enough, about three weeks, four weeks later, they're having a prayer meeting, and the pastor calls his young guy to pray. And so he comes up, and he's ready to go. He's actually, for the first time, he's looking forward to praying, grabs onto the mic, takes off his hat, and he says, let us pray. Looks down, and he says, oh, dear God, I grabbed the wrong hat. <laughs> grabbed the wrong hat. Have you ever made a mistake while you were praying? I'm so glad that our God does not grade our prayers. Like, he doesn't rate, you know, oh, that was a B plus, or that was an A, you know, that was a solid A, good job. Sometimes we do that with our kids and not, you know, not intentionally. Like, sometimes, like, Natalie will be praying, and, um, you know, if she's done praying after a meal or whatever or before a meal. And, uh, she, and, and Leah or I, like, will say, good prayer, Natalie. That was great. Great job. And then I was, I was working on the message. I was like, 
I'm not really sure if that's the best thing to say because like, like God doesn't do that. God doesn't rate your prayers. And so today we're actually going to look at a prayer that was scientifically incorrect. And yet God was willing to answer. So if you have your Bible, turn to Joshua chapter 10. Joshua chapter 10. And we're going to look at verses 6 through 14. If you don't have your Bibles, most of the verses will be on the screen. Um, but I, I do want to encourage you, download the YouVersion app. Uh, one of the things that we often say is nothing will get you further, faster than God's word. And so I really want to encourage you to follow along in your Bibles. Joshua chapter 10 And we're going to begin in verse 6. I want to give you a little bit of a context before we get to the actual prayer, okay? Now, before we read the passage, I want to engage your mind and heart, okay? Because I don't know, in a room this size and with the people watching from home and maybe listening to the podcast later, uh, I never know where you're you're coming from. And for some of you, um, you may be like Job in the Bible, in the Old Testament, another Old Testament character, uh, who said... When it came to prayer, he, he said something like this. He said, what good will it do us to pray? He had gone through something terrible in his life. And if you want that reference, Job 21, verse 15. Job 21, verse 15. But basically, he says, after he goes through this terrible situation, he's asking, like, who is, who's, like who's the Almighty that we should obey him? And, he, and I'm quoting, and what will prayer, what will prayer do for us? And, and maybe you're coming at, at, at it today, at this subject, from that perspective. Like, Pastor Alex, like, I've prayed before, and maybe prayer works for you, but it really doesn't do much for me. Or you may say something like, man, why, why pray? God knows everything. I, you know, I'm not going to tell him anything new. Like, he knows all my problems. You know, like, what, what's the point? Or maybe you, you come at it from this angle, like, he's sovereign, Right? Right? Is he sovereign, Pastor Alex? Yeah, he's sovereign, so he knows all things. And he's going to do whatever he wishes to do, so what, what's the point? Why pray? And so as we read this passage, Joshua chapter 10, what I want you to do is I want you to think of your greatest need right now. Okay? And I want you to read the, the verses that we're going to read. I want you to filter them through that lens because I, I don't know what's in your heart. Maybe there's one, one request, maybe there's one prayer that just seems like an impossibility. And you've prayed, and maybe you've, like, you've gone through the 21. There's a prayer, and you feel like, man, I've done this before, and I've been there, and it just, just doesn't seem like God is there. Maybe for you, you're praying for restoration for your family. Maybe you're praying for for healing for your kids. Maybe physical healing. Maybe emotional healing. Maybe you've been depressed. And it's like, Pastor, the last two years, I've been in a hole. And man, what I need is like, I feel like I need the joy of the Lord in my mind and heart to just, I need it just to infiltrate and just radically change my way of thinking because I am just in this hole. Or it may, it may be anxiety, it may be financial freedom, it may be that you need to be released from a, an addiction. And so as we read these verses, I want you to read them with that filter on. I want you to read scripture with, in light of your greatest need because I don't believe that Jesus saved us to survive this world you hear me I don't believe that Jesus I believe that he saved us to change it for his glory 
I don't believe that we're just supposed to get through life just, just trying to make it to the next day. And if you're like me, sometimes my expectations of what God can do through me are pretty low. And I, I happen, and I fall into this, I settle for less, and I settle into this, some sort of complacency. So this prayer that we're looking at today is it's from a man named Joshua. And it is, when you look at it, you're going to be like, whoa. When you look at this prayer today, you're going to be like, who prays like that? And my, my desire, my goal today is that you leave this place with a little appetite, with a little desire in your heart. Just like, man, I want to be like that guy. I want to pray because there is some breakthrough that I need in my life. There are some things that are going on that are not, not what I want them to be. And God, I want to be like this guy, Joshua. And I want, to believe, I want to have great, I want to lean into that. I want to press in. And so let's look at it. Again, we're going to begin in verse 6 to give you a little bit of context, okay? It says this, Joshua 10, verse 6. The men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua. Joshua is a good guy, okay? See, so he, he comes after Moses. Uh, I don't know if you remember the story, but basically the nation of Israel was in slavery for many, many years. Moses takes him from slavery, leads him to where basically the promised land is going to be. And then after Moses, Joshua carries on the vision, the mission that God had given his people. And it is actually Joshua that takes him into the promised land. So Joshua is a good good guy he's the one that comes after Moses it says the men of Gibeon quickly sent messengers to Joshua at his camp in Gilgal don't abandon your servants now they pleaded his people from Gibeon they're saying that come save us or come at once save us help us for all the Amorite kings who live in the hill country have joined forces to attack us. So let me tell you what's, what's going on just so that you, you understand. There are five kings, okay, five different armies who have come together to fight these people, the people from Gibeon. All right? And so they're coming, so the people from Gibeon are coming to Joshua and they're saying, we need your help. We cannot fight these five armies on our own. We can't do this. Like, would you please help us? Verse 7, look at what God says, what, what the Bible says. So Joshua and his entire army, including his best warriors, so he's like, he's picked out like the Navy SEALs, the special ops, like the best of the best. They left Gilgal, which is where they were, and they set out for Gibeon. Now, let me give you a little context. If you read chapter 9, so I encourage you to do it sometime whenever you get a chance. If you go back to chapter 9, what you'll realize is that the people from Gibeon are not actually not good people. They're actually, they, they actually, before they met Joshua, they deceived him. And in the Bible, if you read chapter 9, what you'll see is that they, they actually deceived Joshua and they, they put on a bunch of like old garments and like old sandals and they brought, before they met him for the first time, they brought like this old moldy bread and when they met with Joshua, they, what they said is like, oh, we're from, a, we're from a far, from a land far away. We're from a country that's really, really far away. And Joshua makes the mistake to make a, a pact or an allegiance or a, a peace treaty. It was a vow to protect them. 
okay? And if you look in chapter 9, if we can put that verse in Joshua chapter 9, the Bible is super clear. It says, it says that Joshua, basically, he goes with his instinct. He just goes with his gut feeling, but he doesn't run it by the Lord. He did not, it says, he did not consult the Lord, okay? You guys tracking? So you have the people of Gibeon. They, they're being attacked by these five armies. Previously to that, they came to Joshua, they made him, because Joshua's in the process of conquering the land, okay? They're, they're coming into the promised land that God had, had given him, and so they're making it look like they're from a land far away, but they actually, what they did is they deceived him. He makes his vow, which is a big mistake, and he, he basically vows to defend them against the five kings. So Joshua finds himself in the middle of this, this mess, okay? Verse eight, God looks at Joshua and listen to what he says. He says, do not be afraid of them, the five kings that are coming against Gibeon, okay, that Joshua is having to defend now. Do not be afraid of them, the Lord said to Joshua. For I have, watch this, don't miss it. For I have given you victory over them. Not a single one of them will be able to stand up to you. Now, what's interesting to me is that God here is speaking in the past tense. Did you pay? Look, look at, look, can we put the verse one more time? Verse eight. Look, look at it one more time with me. He says, for I, this is what God is saying to Joshua. I have given you victory over them. It's almost like God is saying, oh, you know what? I have given them into your hands. But when you look at this from Joshua's perspective, the battle hasn't even happened. They're like, they haven't, Joshua hasn't even left to go to go fight, and you'll, you'll see it here in a minute. And so, the first point that I want to make today, I have three for you, is this. And I want you to know, by the way, we're not just talking about Joshua today. We're talking about you and the battles that you face. The first point that I want to share with you is, I want you to know that you serve a God who speaks in the past tense about the battles that you're presently fighting. Do you hear me? There are battles because from God's perspective, he's eternal, right? So he doesn't, time, time is not the same for him as it is for us. So there are battles that you, you find yourself fighting today, but God, when he speaks of those battles, he speaks in the, in the past tense. And I love that when he communicates with Joshua, he, he says, you've battles, you know, I've already given them into your your hands and God speaks in the past tense about the battles that you're presently fighting today Jesus the Bible says has already won your battle like if you read scripture you know that he's already he has already won the battle and if you read scripture you you'll find places where it says that he's already turned ashes into beauty He's already taken dead things and given them life. He has taken dirt and made human beings. He's already, he's already spoken and the plan has begun to spin in motion. So there's proof of what God has already done. And so from his perspective, it's a little bit different than your perspective. Now look in verse 9. Joshua, this is so interesting. Joshua traveled all night all night from Gilgal and took the Amorites, the Amorite armies by surprise. You know what I find interesting? I find interesting that even though God says, I've already given them into your hand, speaks in past tense, he's still letting them fight. 
And what I find in my relationship with the Lord is that sometimes God wants you to fight because he, he doesn't want you to be like that spoiled rich kid who, whose parents have worked hard all of their lives and they've sacrificed so much, but they've given everything to their kids and they don't appreciate anything. And sometimes God says, you know what? I want you to fight a little bit. I want you to have some skin in the game. And the miracle, the miracle is coming, but I want you to push. Pray. Somebody told me what that stands for a while back. Push. Pray until something happens. And for some of us, if you're like me, sometimes I pray about something and it's like, you know, Lord, it's already been two weeks and you still haven't answered my, you know, been doing this prayer and fasting thing and it's been two weeks and you haven't answered my request. Lord, where are you? And we are so, so quick to just kind of, kind of give up. But God says, no, 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 I want you to fight. I want you to push. I don't, I don't want you to be like the spoiled rich kid who's gotten everything in life and they don't appreciate what I can do. When you see the miracle, when you experience the miracle, I don't want you to take it for granted. And so look in verse 10, what happens. It says, the Lord threw them into a panic. This is the five armies, right, that, that are going against the Gibeon, the people from Gibeon that Joshua's helping out. The Lord threw them into a panic, and the Israelites slaughtered great numbers of them at Gibeon. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible, what? Hailstorm. Can you imagine that? I mean, I... I I, you know, I try to picture stuff like this, and it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I can't, you know, like this is, you know, as, watch this. Let me read it again. As the Amorites retreated down the road from Beth Horon, the Lord destroyed them with a terrible hailstorm from heaven that continued until they reached Azekah. Now, people say that the Bible is boring. Yeah, right. <laughs> if, you ever, if you have a friend that tells you the Bible is boring, tell him you're boring. Man, you read the Bible, it's full of action. It's full of drama. It's like one story after the next. Like one like, like plot twist after the next. I mean, we're not, can you imagine this? Look, let, let's look at the, the end of verse 11. Next slide. Look, look at this. The, the hail killed more of the enemy than the Israelites killed with the sword. Can you imagine? You're going to battle. You're fighting. Hail is coming down, and it's hitting them, but it's not hitting your people. What? Whoa, that's crazy. Here's the second point. God can do more in your life in a moment of favor than you can in a lifetime of you trying to do things on your own. God can do more in your life in a single moment where he's pouring his favor on your life than you can do in a lifetime of you trying to do things in your own way. I've tried it. Man, I have tried it. I mean, I can outwork anybody. I can do, man, if you can, let me show you how hard I can do this thing. I can grow the church. I can do things my own way. Let me prove it to you. And what I, what I find is that often I fall flat on my face. God can do so much more, and it's just a single moment where you're experiencing his favor than you can in a lifetime. That's why the Bible says, if God is for you, who can be, do you know it? Who can be against you? Nobody. That's what the Bible says. He gives strength to the 
weak. You know the verse? He gives strength to the weak. That's why the Bible says, my grace is sufficient. Actually, my strength is made perfect when you're weak. And when you get to the next verse, verse 12, it's sort of the theme. It's almost, verse 12 sort of, sort of summarizes why they're experiencing the miracle. And I want you to look at it, okay? So verse 12 says, on the day the Lord, so it's kind of summing up why we're seeing what we're seeing, this miracle, right? On the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, watch what Joshua did. Here's what I want you to do. Here's my heart. Man, nothing would thrill me more than to find out that you took this prayer and you took the attitude of this prayer and you took, you, you fought for your family, you fought for the, against the enemy, you fought for those people that needed to be fought with this boldness, with this courage. So it says, on the day the Lord gave the Israelites victory over the Amorites, Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people. Now, when you look at this prayer, like I was thinking, man, if I had to pray this prayer, I probably would just, just whisper it or just kind of just mumble it under my breath because you know, I don't want, you know, just in case if God doesn't, this is a bold prayer, just in case God doesn't come through, like I don't look like a fool in front of everybody, you know, but I would say it, I would say it. I just wouldn't say it very loud. I'd just say something, you know, just in case he does come through, then I can just, you know, check it off of my praise report you know look at what God did but definitely not in front of the people like Joshua did Joshua prayed to the Lord in front of all the people of Israel and he said watch this don't miss it let the sun stand still over Gibeon and the moon over the valley of Ajalon so what's happening is they're running out of daylight and so they need more daylight to defeat the enemy. And Joshua gathers all of his people, and he, he prays his prayer, which is, to me, it is unbelievable. Look at it one more time. Let the sun, I mean, do you realize what he's asking? Who prays like that? I mean, what an audacious prayer. Let the sun still, stand still over Gibeon, and the moon over the valley of Ajalon. What a... What an audacious prayer. My heart is that you would pray sun, stand, still kinds of prayers in your life. My prayer, my, my desire, my heart, my goal is that you would leave this place and you would say, you know what? If God did that for Joshua, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can do that for me today. Amen. 15 words. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Some translations is like 13. Simple words. It's nothing. It's not a, a religious prayer. Thou mightiest God of all, above all, I need you to come. No, 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 no. Simple prayer. Not very religious prayer. Audacious words, I mean, no doubt. Simple, 15 simple words, but they had a cosmic, they had cosmic consequences. Can you imagine what he's asking? <laughs> Not even scientifically correct, because we know that the earth revolves around the sun, Right? Not the other way around. So not even, not, he doesn't even get that right. But what I love is what Joshua experienced. Because what Joshua's gonna experience is a miracle that was born from a mistake. Because when you go back to chapter nine, Joshua is fighting for a group of people that number one, he, he partnered with and he shouldn't have. He never, remember the verse that I showed you earlier? He didn't consult with the Lord. He just went with a gut feeling. Like, oh yeah, I think these people are cool. 
you know? So Joshua chapter nine, it's the mistake. Is Joshua getting in trouble? Is Joshua's like, oh man, now I have to defend him. I made this, this peace treaty, which is a vow to protect him. Joshua chapter, chapter 10, this group of kings, uh, uh, regents, are, they're coming against them. Now I have to, I'm in the middle of this mess and I have to stand up in front of them. And so what I, what, what I wrote down on my notes is this. Joshua made, got himself into trouble, made a mistake, made an alliance, alliance with the people of Gibeon that he should have destroyed in chapter 9. And then he asked God for a favor to get him out of where he was. Now, I want to ask you a question. We're going to wrap it up. Seven minutes, and we'll wrap it up. Our worship team, you guys start heading over here. Question for you. Have you ever been in a situation where you're like, Lord, I got myself into trouble. I need you to get me out. That ever happened to you? Anybody? I know it's happened to me. Some of you guys are like both hands up. Love that. Thank you for the honesty. Have you ever been in a situation where it's like, Lord, I cannot believe I got here, Lord. I am so sorry. I need to readjust. I know I have. Lord, I, man, we racked up so much debt. God, we're, how are we going to get out of this? Lord, I mean, you know, I just, just want to live my life in order, and right now there's no order, and God, I just, we want to be generous, and, and Lord, we want to do things your way, but it's going to take a miracle for you to get us out of where we're, where we're at. Have you ever prayed something like that? Like, God, I, 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 um, I married him. Don't, don't look at him right now, okay? <laughs> look this way. We'll get through this. Home, you stay, stay here. Keep your eyes on the screen. Lord, I marry him. I need you to get us out of this. I need you to, I need a miracle in our marriage. Or I marry her, right? I'm not trying to just pick on the guys. Lord, how do we do this? We need a miracle. Or maybe something like this, God, I haven't been the parent that I should been i haven't been the role model that i wish i would have been and my kids man they're walking away from you god and lord i need you to get me out of this god i need you i need something from you or maybe maybe the prayer is something like this god I've, I've pursued money for a long time and i'm just realizing that money does not bring any significance it does not it can't bring any meaning to my life, God. And I just, I need you to come into my life and I need you to radically change me. And God, I've, it's always been all about my career and always about the next level. And next, how do I climb that, the corporate ladder? And it's always about the next thing, God. And I, what I need right now, because my family's breaking apart, what I need right now is your power in my life in an undeniable way. Would you come in and change things? And what I love about this prayer what I love, love, love about this prayer is that Joshua experiences something so unique. And it's this, that God, third point, we're done, can turn your mistakes into miracles. What I love about this, if, you, if you're willing... And, and if, if, you, if you're alive today, if you have any, like, if you checked your pulse, and yep, yep, I'm still, heart still beating, then it's not over. And what I love about this situation is that Joshua finds himself fighting a battle that he shouldn't have been fighting because he was doing life on his own, chapter 9, right? 
And yet he prays his audacious prayer and God turns the mistake into a miracle. And the same God that answered Joshua's prayer can answer my prayers. Despite of what the enemy whispers in your ears about the baggage that you're dealing with, about the mistakes of the past, about the regrets. And so some of you, I, I, I know how it is. Pastor, you can pray that kind of prayer, not me. You're the pastor of the church. You know, Joshua, maybe, maybe God would listen to Joshua, but he, he doesn't listen to me. me. Are you kidding me? If you knew what I've done, if you knew the baggage, if you knew and you fill in the blank, right? If you knew how many times I've failed, you would know there's no way that I can pray those sun stand still prayers. And here's all I can say, and I'll finish with this statement. If the size of the need that you have in your life seems too big for you, if the, if, if the size of the need in your life seems too big for you, I want you to know that it's just about the right size for God. If you're dealing with cosmic issues, I want you to know you serve a God who can handle the sun and the moon. He just spoke and created our world. There's nothing too far for him. Verse 13, we'll wrap up. So the sun, can you picture this? Can you picture it? So the sun stood still. Wow. And the moon stayed in place oh man I wish I could have been there until the nation of Israel had defeated its enemies so what's the takeaway what's the takeaway three three points real quick I'll let you go home three points one God speaks in the past tense about the battles that you're presently fighting why does he let you fight him because he doesn't want to be a spoiled rich kid that doesn't appreciate the miracle so he lets you fight him. So you have skin in the game. Number two, God can do more in a moment, a single moment of favor than you can do trying to spin your wheels on your own for the rest of your life. Just a moment. And this is what the 21 days of prayer and fasting it is. And I encourage you, press in. You, okay, so what? You messed up. Or maybe you haven't heard about it and you're coming into the party a little late. It's no big deal. It's not about, oh yeah, check the 21 days look at me Boop. no 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 give your life give this last week as we pray as a church say god this is it 2022 is going to be a different year because what i'm asking you is your favor god i want your favor in my life because you can do so much more than i can and last last takeaway god is able to turn your mistakes into miracles if for nothing else, man, if, you, if you're willing, all you have to do is like, Lord, I messed up. You know it. I disengaged. It's, it's what the Bible calls repentance. A lot of times people look at that word like in a negative way, and I don't know why. It's not really that big of a deal. Confession, just confess it. Lord, I agree with you, man. I've 
that wasn't right, that wasn't right. This was good. At least I did that. Lord, thank you. But God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to, those things that I'm not doing well in my life, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to readjust. I'm going to turn around. This is what repentance is, right? Turn around. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go your way. It's not a, we should be super thankful. I don't know if it's the way preachers have made it look before, like when they preach repentance, rah, you know, and they yell at you. There's no yelling in this. It's all in love. He can take a mistake. He can turn it into a miracle if you're willing. And so with heads bowed and eyes closed, quick question, quick question. How many of you would say, Pastor, I need a second chance? Would you raise your hand? Those of you watching, Pastor, I'm, I messed up, man. I did it again. Would you please, would you please pray for me? And hey, look, there's no, I'm not pointing any fingers. I see your hands and God sees your heart, which is most important. I'm your spiritual cheerleader. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna encourage you. That's what, that's what thrills me, okay? No judging here. But if you're here and you're like, Pastor, I need to recover, kind of going off track for a little bit. Would you say, Pastor, would you pray for me? Anyone else? If you're watching online, you can text the word Jesus to our, our number. All we're gonna do is we're gonna pray for you. God loves you. He'll take, he'll take those mistakes, turn them into miracles. Anyone else? See your hand. See your hand. So I'm going to ask all of you to stand up. If you would, everybody stand up. Stand up if you're here in the room. And I want you to pray this with me. After I'm done praying, I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to ask God to, to heal some things in my heart. I'm, there's some things that I'm going to, I'm thankful for. And I want to invite you, you know. This is not, if, you've, if you don't feel comfortable getting over here and praying, it's fine. You can pray from where you're at. You can pray from home, it's fine. But I know that something happens in my heart when I, when my body moves, my heart follows. And so don't, don't look at this as a religious thing. Look at it as a, God, I'm ready. And I, I want your favor in my life. I know you can do more, way more with it than me. So would you pray and then while we sing, I invite you to come and pour out whatever it is in, that you're struggling with, whatever you need from him. I want to challenge you, pray, pray a sun stand still kind of prayer. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your love. Thank you for the, that we can have the confidence that Joshua had. God, help us to pray a sun stand still kind of prayer. Help us to fight until the miracle comes. Help us to push, to pray 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 and not give up and God thank you for stories like this where we see your hand in powerful tangible ways we surrender to you we pray in Jesus name amen you guys come at this time if you like to